Help us to honor you with our resources. Free us from the deceit of riches. Lead us on the path of generosity. For your glory, Lord, for the abundance of our own lives and for the sake of others. Amen. Thank you, Helen. Good morning, friends. What a gift it is to worship with you. For those of you joining us online on Facebook, on newlife.nyc, or on YouTube, uh, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor here at New Life Fellowship Church. And if you're in the room here at the end of our service, I'll be downstairs in the lobby with some of our pastoral team, and uh, we would love to meet you. If you're coming in from out of town, I know a lot of folks might be out of town, and some folks are coming in from out of town. And and so wherever you're at, I'd love to meet you before you head out. Before we uh, get on with our service, and it's, it's always a special service this Sunday before Thanksgiving, I wanted to remind you of something I mentioned last week as it relates to our elders. Uh, every year or so, we uh, invite new elders to join our elder board, and uh, the same is the case uh, in this particular season. And there are two elder candidates that have made it uh, pretty far in the journey, and what we've done is whenever we get to this point is uh, we show their faces before the community uh, to hear from you as a church any words of affirmation as it relates to their candidacy or any puzzles that you might have about them. We recognize that we don't have every uh, perspective of who they are. Maybe you've had some interactions and such. And so whether you're just saying, wow, praise God, this person would be great. And we think the world of Victor and Nelly uh, in this role. But there might be some puzzles that you might have that's important for the elder search team to hear about. And so you have a, a week essentially to send any uh, comments. You can submit uh, comments, uh, puzzles, or otherwise affirmations to elders at newlife.nyc, and that'll help us to continue uh, this elder search process. Amen. Now, it's been a tradition of ours for 35 years as a congregation to take the Sunday before Thanksgiving to offer words of gratitude from our community. Uh, throughout 35 years, we've heard many stories of God's love, many stories of God's faithfulness, stories of God's provision through New Life congregants. And today we're going to do the same, hearing a couple of stories uh, from two of our uh, New Lifers. But before we do that, I wanted to read a passage of scripture out of Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 which kind of frames uh, our Sunday and hopefully frames this week for you. My hope maybe is maybe you, you print this verse out and put it on your refrigerator, stick it on your Bible, uh, tattoo it on your arm. I don't care. Uh, just, just make sure you don't forget it, okay? But Colossians chapter 4, verse number 2, this is what it says. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Amen. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Uh, this week, millions of people will engage in a particular act that has the power to transform our lives. And it is the act of thanksgiving, the act of gratitude. In the Bible, the phrase, give thanks, is a phrase that shows up 33 times in the Bible, which basically rounds out to just about Give doing it one day each month. Give thanks. And I think that's important for us because to be shaped by gratitude is to be shaped deeply by God. Gratitude is the knowing awareness that we are the recipients of goodness. The knowing awareness that we are the recipients of goodness, which is to result in us turning back to the source of that goodness 
who is God. And it requires us often to name the gifts, to give expressions to God's presence, to, to articulate the ways that God has been faithful in our lives, which is why I love what Psalm 107 says. Psalm 107 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. In the first service, someone made it clear to me that that verse should say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. For some of you King James people there, yeah, let, let, let them say so. It just sounds holier, doesn't it? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed, let those who have tasted the goodness of God give expression to that goodness by sharing their story. And that's essentially what we are doing today. We're going to hear from two new lifers, uh, Scott Chung and uh, Alicia, Alicia Sledge. And this is what we are going to do. Scott will come up in a moment, uh, share a, a story of God's uh, faithfulness or what he's been in, how he's been encountering God uh, in, in recent, uh, in the recent couple of years. And after Scott shares, we will, we will respond by simply standing up and singing in response. And then Alicia will come up and she'll share her story and then we'll respond by singing and then I'll come back and offer a brief word of reflection to close our time together. And so uh, let's hear from Scott. Give it for Scott Chung as he comes up on the stage. Thank you, Rich. My name is, my name is Scott. I've been coming to New Life about 15 years. Um, so this is the 35th year, huh? Uh, it's my privilege to be here to share with you today. I'm very excited about it. My story starts uh, on January 10th, 2021. For the first time in my life, after 32 years of work as a software engineer, I was fired, canned. The story starts in uh, 2020. In the beginning of COVID, my job demand increased exponentially because of a software migration project. I was thinking about work. My, all my waking hour at work, off work, try to sleep, I can't sleep. My mind's just thinking about it. I couldn't rest. The only time I could rest was uh, during my contemplative prayer and worshiping with uh, New Life online. It's the only time. All the other time, my mind was just thinking about work. I was exhausted. No, no sleep, just working in my head. Uh, this dragged on for months, and uh, I felt the life just seeping out of me. My mental state, I was gonna crack. I was heading for a breakdown. Um, and I was thinking crazy things. I was like, oh, maybe I should just quit. Well, that's not feasible, right? you can't just quit things. Or something more drastic, say, hey, why don't I just contract COVID and get hospitalized? That way I could be excused, right? I could be, you know. But th that's, that's not a good idea, so it's. <laughs> so I, I didn't do that, I, I didn't contract COVID, so uh, I figured I can't, beat it, I have to face it head on. So what I, uh, I pushed on uh, with uh, support from friends, family, and contemplative prayer, I was able to manage to uh, finish the initial phase of the migration in December 2020. And I took a few weeks off and I was feeling good. I said, oh, I did it. It's doable. Uh, but when January came around, uh, the anxiety spiked again. I said, it's going to just continue where I left off. And surely, surely enough, it did. But on January 10, 2021, I got a call from my manager. He says, Scott, you've been laid off. I was stunned. First time in my life, I got laid off. I was shocked. I was in silence. But my first reaction was, thank you, Jesus. It's over. It's all over. It's the best two weeks of sleep in my life. <laughs> <laughs> 
So about six weeks of relaxing, chilling at home, you know, not, not working. Uh, I guess I, have to, I should be doing something else, right? So I said, well, maybe I should go, go, work, go back to work. But uh, the experience I went through uh, scarred me. I can't go back to work. I, w I won't go back to work. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but my supportive wife, yay, Susan, <laughs> uh, with her support, uh, I retired. I just decided to retire, and it was glorious. Uh, I'm telling you, it, it's like I died and went to heaven. Hallelujah! <laughs> and it, it really was. But after four months, he said, "Well, you know, I should, I should be doing something. Something's missing. I wasn't helping anybody." And I, and I thought to myself, "What is my personal journey for being missional?" And I, I always had a passion to uh, teach math to high school students, so I started my journey of being missional in the public high school. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, so, so last year, I, I got a, a volunteer part-time position co-teaching com uh, computer science and programming to high schoolers. I had a great experience. It was a fantastic year. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, but, but the most exciting thing, the best thing about it was I got to sat with students. I hear the stories. They tell me about the joys, the struggles, the relationships. Uh, the culture, the religion, uh, pretty much anything that a 14-year-old would talk about. And, and they do have a lot to talk about, only if you're willing to listen. So I became the adult that listened to 14-year-olds incarnationally. And I had a blast. School year was over, so what, what am I going to do next? Well, I could volunteer some more, or let's do something else. So what I did, after a short, short job search, I got hired as a teacher's assistant in Valley Stream North High School. Thank you. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, but but uh, I do want to bring you back 30 years ago. 30 years ago, I wanted to be a youth pastor. I even went to seminary for it. But the problem was, I, I didn't like working with kids. I volunteered uh, children ministry in the past. And it was, I was always exhausted, and I just wasn't loving it. I said, God, I, I, I'm, I'm, children ministry is just not a fit for me. I, I'm not doing it. I would never sign up for kids ministry. But here I am today, full-time position, working with kids all day long. And not only that, I also volunteer for the next-gen uh, small group leader for fourth fifth boys. <laughs> but I, I do want to say something about next-gen. Uh, I'm there and I see the, the, the lack of help. I think we need a lot of help, a lot of volunteers, especially in, in the small group leader section. So if you ever thought about it, if you never thought about it, just come, come, we need you. <laughs> if nothing else, you can just hang out with me, right? So please come, check it out. I want to end with this excerpt uh, from my journey journal. That's what I call it, journey journal. I'll read it to you. God is patient and he is good. He always seems to have a different plan than the one I had. And today I could tell you God's plan is so much better than anything that I could have come up with. I am thankful to God for guiding me in the right direction and bringing me here through difficult circumstances. He knows exactly what I want even though I rejected it 30 years ago. I was wandering in the wilderness of work for 30 years and finally I have found the promised land. It took over 30 years to finally do what I enjoy. This is where I was meant to be. Amen, and thanks for listening. Would you stand with me? And
Every breath. 
Good morning. My name is Alicia Sledge, and I've been attending New Life for over seven years. The last two and a half years of my life have been devastating. In the height of the pandemic and without any warning in April of 2020, my only daughter, Dreema, was diagnosed with a very rare autoimmune disease. She was 35 years old, the mother of my beloved seven-year-old grandson, Christian, living and loving her life at the height of her career when the onset of her symptoms manifested. I was frightened, overwhelmed, heartbroken, and within three days of being taken from home in an ambulance to New York Presbyterian Hospital, my only daughter was in ICU, in a coma, on a ventilator, and kidney failure. This is a photo of her in the hospital. She remained hospitalized for 13 months before being discharged to acute rehab for three months and then being discharged home in August of 2021. To add to this devastation, just 10 days after my daughter was hospitalized, I lost my mom to Alzheimer's. The next 16 months was beyond stressful. I had to apply for guardianship of my daughter because I didn't have a power of attorney in place at the time she got sick and now she was incapacitated. I had to advocate for my daughter's care while not being allowed to visit her in the hospital for the first four months while being a full-time remote employee as a result of COVID-19. I transitioned from grandma to being the primary caregiver of my grandson who was attending school full-time remotely. I had to comfort and console him who couldn't understand why mommy wasn't home and if she was going to die like great-grandma. As for what happened to me, I was overwhelmed and operated in overdrive mode. My daughter and grandson needed me and I had to find us support to get through this nightmare. I was operating in fear and in a state of uncertainty. I didn't know if my daughter was going to recover and if she did, to what extent. What would life look like going forward? During this time, I also lost my career, the position I loved for 22 years, which resulted in me being placed into a different position with a $20,000 salary reduction because I couldn't return in person in order to care for my family. I was angry and felt discriminated against. I found a therapist for my grandson and I who specializes in trauma, grief, and minority issues. During this time, New Life Fellowship became my lifeline. I participated in weekly listening partnerships with Pastor Dave, attended Bible 101, Faith and Politics, Parenting on Purpose Workshop, Grief Share, EHS, and EHR courses, just to name a few things happening here at New Life. I also had access to the chaplain and child life specialist at New York Presbyterian, and they also had a social worker check in with me regularly to see how we were doing. I'll never understand why my daughter was diagnosed with this disease, but God isn't finished with her yet. He has greater things in store for all of us. In fact, my daughter is now well on her way to recovery. And this is a picture of her and my grandson from this past Halloween.
Honestly, there are times when I think this dark season in our life was meant to slow us down and to focus more on the things that are important, like family. Throughout this time, I logged into church almost every Sunday and embraced the love that I felt from my new life family. My relationship with God is a work in progress. I don't read the Bible as often as I should, but I do know that God has never left my side. Despite all of my imperfections, God still loves me and considers me and my family to be worthy of his love. God blessed me with family, friends, and strangers that appeared in my time of need. Being provided with the opportunity to be heard, to vent, or just to share in moments of silence together meant a lot to me. I'm very thankful to have survived this very dark season of my life. I'm still trying to figure out why my family had to encounter this level of devastation and heartbreak during a pandemic. However, I do know God isn't finished with me yet. I'm just trying to figure out what he has planned next for me. I would like to introduce to you my daughter, Dreema. Thank you for allowing me to share. stand with me? Amen. God isn't finished yet.
Amen. Please be seated for a moment. Can we thank Scott and Alicia for just blessing us with their stories? Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let them tell their story. Uh, I want to offer a brief word of reflection to close our time as we look towards uh, Thanksgiving and what this means for our spiritual lives, what it means for our life in God. And at the end of our service, Scott and Alicia will be downstairs in the lobby area, and um, I, I know you'll want to thank them for what they share today. Uh, I saw a research study uh, that involved 300 young adults, mostly in college, who were seeking uh, mental health counseling uh, at a university. And the majority of the students were looking for counseling to help them with depression and anxiety, and they were invited to be part of a research study. Uh, the study was uh, divided the groups, all these students, in three different groups. Uh, they would all receive the same amount of counseling services, but there were three different kinds of groups that distinguished them. The first group was instructed to write one letter of gratitude each week to another person in their life throughout the duration of this 12-week study. The second group was to write about their deepest thoughts and feelings around negative experiences. And the last group was not tasked with any writing assignment. They just received counseling. So group number one, counseling and write a letter of gratitude to someone. Group number two, receive counseling and reflect on negative experiences. Group number three, receive counseling but do nothing. And what they discovered over three months was that the group that named their thanksgiving and articulated their gratitude, especially towards others, experienced significantly better mental health than the rest of them. And this is what they discovered and something that we have to name today. Number one, that gratitude is a good practice for our mental health. But as the people of God, we confess that and we say that gratitude is a necessary part of our life in God, that we cannot understand the spiritual life and live deeply into the spiritual life without having a life marked by gratitude. Now, in a given day, all of us will say thank you for something. It's the culturally acceptable response to receiving kindness from someone else. And so someone opens the door for you and you say, thank you. Someone comments on your outfit and you say, oh, thank you. Someone offers a word of encouragement to you and you say, thank you. But this is what I know about our lives. It is possible to say thank you 50 times a day and yet not have our lives shaped by gratitude. It is very easy to socially uh, say the socially approved thing of thanks but not be deeply formed and shaped by gratitude, which is why we need those words from the Apostle Paul that I read earlier for us in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Paul names three important words to have our lives shaped by gratitude. He says we are to be prayerful, watchful, thankful. Prayerful, watchful, thankful. Those three words go together. Those three words God wants to form in your life. First, prayerful. 
Prayer is not simply an act of talking to God. Prayer is a way of training our eyes to see the world differently. Prayer is a way of opening our lives to the good gifts that God has already poured out on us. And so gratitude is not simply a, a way of just a more willpower to be grateful. The best gratitude emerges out of a life of communion with God. Which is why when you pray, one of the, one of the ex expressions or manifestations of a deep abiding life with prayer is you cannot help but say thank you. You recognize the goodness of God around you. And so Paul says we are to be prayerful. Then he says we are to be watchful. That gratitude is formed as we are alert and attentive to the ordinary and extraordinary ways of God's presence in our lives. And yet what I know about our lives is instead of living watchful, it's very easy uh, to live very distracted. Uh, in the uh, Ignatian tradition, they have something called the examine, the examine. And the examine is uh, a practice that some people do twice a day, sometimes three, uh, where they actually pause to recognize the gifts of God to them that day, that day. And so it's often midday. What has happened from morning to midday? Where has God shown up in my life? Let me pause to give thanks. And then at the end of the day, they go, where has God shown up in my life since the last time I've done this to right now? And there's something about that that actually shapes our lives differently. Just think about this morning, for example. The gifts that you've received that it's very easy for us to take for granted. This morning, I, I, I enjoyed a hot cup of coffee and said, thank you, Lord. This morning, I drove to church and there was no traffic. Say amen, somebody. I, I mean, God's presence is all over the place here. I walked into a warm building and escaped that wind tunnel that is Queens Boulevard. So many gifts that have already come our way. Paul says we are, to be, we are to be watchful. And it's being prayerful, marrying prayerfulness and watchfulness, which leads to thankfulness. That gratitude is a knowing awareness that we are the recipients of goodness. And yet, one of the challenges of our lives is this. Instead of being prayerful, instead of being watchful, instead of being thankful, there are three other words that tend to dominate our lives. What gets in the way of gratitude? Three words come to mind, entitlement, distraction, comparing. What, gets, what roots out gratitude in our souls? Entitlement. Prayer reminds us of our utter dependence upon God, that we are here today because of God's goodness towards us, that we are breathing today because God has put the breath of God in us, that we exist today because of the love of God, that all the gifts that I've received come out of my dependence upon God. But entitlement says it's not dependence, it's performance. Entitlement says I earned this, I deserve this. And if you want to root out gratitude in your life, just live a way of saying I deserve this. What gets in the way of gratitude? Distraction gets in the way of gratitude. And in our, in our society where we are so distracted by our phones and so distracted by what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis, we miss out on the ordinary gifts of God. 
On a, on a regular basis, if I'm in a public setting and, and I, I'm in the mall, for example, and, and, I, and I hold the door for someone as they're behind me or they're coming in front of me, it's very easy for someone to be so distracted that they miss out that I'm opening the door for them. And then what do I have to do? I open the door and they walk right through and I go, you're welcome, you're welcome, yeah. You've done that before. Come on, somebody. It's just like, don't, don't look at me like that. And, and, and I realized how many times has God opened the door for me? And I've just walked through so distracted. How many times has blessing come my way? And I was totally oblivious to it. How many times has God been good to you? And we've just been so distracted. What, what Paul invites us to in watchfulness is to be mindful of the, how distracted we are and how distracted we get. But what gets in the way of gratitude? Thirdly, is comparing. I know when gratitude is just being rooted out of my life because I can only think about what everyone else has and how I don't measure up enough. Why is comparing so bad? Because comparing makes us think that having more of something makes me something more. And it is very easy to live an entire existence that way. That if I just had this, then I'll be blank enough. And we compare our lives to others. And yet, what does God invite us into? A life of watchfulness a life of prayerfulness, a life of thankfulness. God has been good to you in Jesus Christ. God has poured out his love to you in Jesus Christ. God has given up everything for you in Jesus Christ. And what we are invited into on this day, and really for our entire lives, is to have our lives shaped by gratitude. And so what I want us to do is I want us to practice a little bit. I want to give you about two minutes to name the goodness of God in your life. Maybe it's something that happened this morning, maybe it's this past week, this past month, but I want you to trace for a moment the provision of God. Trace for a moment the kindness of God. Trace for a moment the goodness of God in your life. And so feel free to take out a phone if you have a pen or paper for a moment. I want to just give you two minutes of just recognizing God's gifts to you. Where has God been good to you? Where has God provided for you? And can you take a moment to actually begin to name it and say, Lord, we give you thanks. Let me give you two minutes to do that, and then we'll close our gathering.
Lord, thank you for the gifts of your love that you pour out on us every single day. Teach us to be prayerful. Teach us to be watchful. Teach us to be thankful. And may the Holy Spirit do a deep work in our lives. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand together. I'd like to invite our prayer team to come to my right. I imagine that many of you came to church today and you just need someone to pray for you. In hearing stories like Scott and Alicia, it, it reminds me that there's a lot of pain going around, a lot of suffering. Some of you maybe have come out of a season of difficulty and suffering. Some of you have probably just entered into it, and some of you have been in it for a while. But wherever you are on the journey, we want to pray for you. We want to come alongside you. We want to speak life into you. We want to prophesy over you to let you know that God is not done with you yet. That God is with you. That God is for you. And we want to bless you with our words of prayer. And so for whatever needs you have after our, our final blessing, feel free to come forward and we would love to pray for you. Maybe you came in here as well and you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. Maybe someone invited you. Maybe your heart has been, has been stirred over some time thinking about what it means to enter into a relationship with God. And maybe on this day, the Holy Spirit is doing something in your life and you're saying, I wanna take the next step of being a follower of Jesus. You can come up for a prayer or have a conversation with one of our prayer team members, or you can text the phrase, yes to Jesus, to that number on the screen, 718-424-0122. And one of our pastors would love to follow up with you. As we close, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven. We don't have any sermon discussion time for those watching online. Uh, but I pray a wonderful and joyful uh, Thanksgiving holiday for you. And a reminder for those of us, maybe you missed it this past week, there is coffee now in the shell room. And so feel free to take the express lane down that door uh, to get to it first. All right, let me bless you. Amen. Thank God for uh, coffee. All right. Let me offer a word of blessing over you. With your hands and your hearts in a posture of receiving, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this building and out of this online gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit, having a life that's prayerful and watchful and thankful. And may the Holy Spirit deepen and enlarge your heart as you practice gratitude and thanksgiving. May you see the goodness of God around you. May you trace the provision of God for you. May you discern the ways that God is actively present in your life. And may God give you great joy and great peace this week. I bless you all in the strong, in the beautiful, in the very present name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Grace and peace to you all.